Section 16 of Aesop's Fables, a new translation. Written by Aesop, translated by V. S. Vernon Jones. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This section has been read by Roslyn Carlyle. Demades and his Fable Demades the Orator was once speaking in the assembly at Athens, but the people were very inattentive to what he was saying, so he stopped and said, Gentlemen, I should like to tell you one of Aesop's fables. This made everyone listen intently. Then Demades began. Demeter, a swallow, and an eel were once travelling together, and came to a river without a bridge. The swallow flew over it, and the eel swam across. And then he stopped. "'What happened to Demeter?' cried several people in the audience. "'Demeter,' he replied, "'is very angry with you for listening to fables when you ought to be minding public business.' The Monkey and the Dolphin When people go on a voyage, they often take with them lapdogs or monkeys as pets to while away the time. Thus it came to be that a man returning to Athens from the east had a pet monkey on board with him. As they neared the coast of Attica, a great storm burst upon them, and the ship capsized. All on board were thrown into the water, and tried to save themselves by swimming, the monkey among the rest. A dolphin saw him, and, supposing him to be a man, took the monkey on his back, and began swimming towards the shore. When they got near the Piraeus, which is the port of Athens, the dolphin asked the monkey if he was an Athenian. The monkey replied that he was, and added that he came of a very distinguished family. Then, of course, you know the Piraeus, continued the dolphin. The monkey thought he was referring to some high official or other, and replied, Oh, yes, he's a very old friend of mine. At that, detecting his hypocrisy, the dolphin was so disgusted that he dived below the surface, and the unfortunate monkey was quickly drowned. The Crow and the Snake A hungry crow spied a snake lying asleep in a sunny spot, and, picking it up in his claws, he was carrying it off to a place where he could make a meal of it without being disturbed when the snake reared its head and bit him. It was a poisonous snake, and the bite was fatal, and the dying crow said, What a cruel fate is mine! I thought I had made a lucky find, and it has cost me my life. The Dogs and the Fox Some dogs once found a lion's skin, and were worrying it with their teeth. Just then a fox came by and said, You think yourselves very brave, no doubt. But if that were a live lion, you'd find his claws a good deal sharper than your teeth. The Nightingale and the Hawk A nightingale was sitting on a bough of an oak and singing, as her custom was. A hungry hawk presently spied her and, darting to the spot, seized her in his talons. He was just about to tear her to pieces when she begged him to spare her life. "'I'm not big enough,' she pleaded, "'to make you a good meal. You ought to seek your prey amongst the bigger birds.' 
The hawk eyed her with some contempt. You must think me very simple, said he, if you suppose I'm going to give up a certain prize on the chance of a better of which I see at present no signs. The Rose and the Amaranth A rose and an amaranth blossomed side by side in a garden, and the amaranth said to her neighbour, How I envy you, your beauty and your sweet scent! No wonder you're such a universal favourite. But the rose replied with a shade of sadness in her voice, Ah, my dear friend, I bloom but for a time. My petals soon wither and fall, and then I die. But your flowers never fade, even if they are cut, for they are everlasting. The Man, the Horse, the Ox, and the Dog One winter's day, during a severe storm, a horse, an ox, and a dog came and begged for shelter in the house of a man. He readily admitted them, and, as they were cold and wet, he lit a fire for their comfort, and he put oats before the horse and hay before the ox, while he fed the dog with the remains of his own dinner. When the storm abated and they were about to depart, they determined to show their gratitude in the following way. They divided the life of man amongst them, and each endowed one part of it with the qualities which were peculiarly their own. The horse took youth, and hence young men are high-mettled and impatient of restraint. The ox took middle age, and accordingly men in middle life are steady and hard-working. While the dog took old age, which is the reason why old men are often so peevish and ill-tempered, and, like dogs, attached chiefly to those who look out for their comfort, while they are disposed to snap at those who are unfamiliar or distasteful to them. The Wolves, the Sheep, and the Ram The wolves sent a deputation to the sheep with proposals for a lasting peace between them on condition of their giving up the sheepdogs to instant death. The foolish sheep agreed to the terms, but an old ram whose years had brought him wisdom interfered and said, How can we expect to live at peace with you? Why, even with the dogs at hand to protect us, we are never secure from your murderous attacks. THE SWAN The swan is said to sing but once in its life, when it knows that it is about to die. A certain man, who had heard of the song of the swan, one day saw one of these birds for sale in the market, and bought it, and took it home with him. A few days later he had some friends to dinner, and produced the swan, and bade it sing for their entertainment. But the swan remained silent. In course of time, when it was growing old, it became aware of its approaching end and broke into a sweet, sad song. When its owner heard it, he said angrily, If the creature only sings when it's about to die, what a fool I was! That day I wanted to hear its song. I ought to have wrung its neck instead of merely inviting it to sing. The Snake and Jupiter a snake suffered a good deal from being constantly trodden upon by man and beast, owing partly to the length of his body, and partly to his being unable to rise himself up above the surface of the ground. 
So he went and complained to Jupiter about the risks to which he was exposed. But Jupiter had little sympathy for him. I dare say, said he, that if you had bitten the first that trodden you, the others would have taken more trouble to look where they put their feet. The Wolf and His Shadow A wolf, who was roaming about on the plain when the sun was getting low in the sky, was much impressed by the size of his shadow, and said to himself, I had no idea I was so big. Fancy my being afraid of a lion. Why, I, not he, ought to be king of the beasts. And, heedless of danger, he strutted about, as if there could be no doubt at all about it. Just then a lion sprang upon him and began to devour him. Alas, he cried, had I not lost sight of the facts, I shouldn't have been ruined by my fancies. The Ploughman and the Wolf A ploughman loosed his oxen from the plough and led them away to the water to drink. While he was absent, a half-starved wolf appeared on the scene and went up to the plough and began chewing the leather straps attached to the yoke. As he gnawed away desperately in the hope of satisfying his craving for food, he somehow got entangled in the harness, and, taking fright, struggled to get free, tugging at the traces as if he would drag the plough along with him. Just then the ploughman came back, and seeing what was happening, he cried, Ah, you old rascal, I wish you would give up thieving for good and take to honest work instead. Mercury and the Man Bitten by an Ant A man once saw a ship go down with all its crew and commented severely on the injustice of the gods. They care nothing for a man's character, said he, but let the good and the bad go to their deaths together. There was an ant heap close by where he was standing, and, just as he spoke, he was bitten in the foot by an ant. Turning in a temper to the ant heap, he stomped on it and crushed hundreds of unoffending ants. Suddenly Mercury appeared, and belaboured him with his staff, saying as he did so, You villain! Where's your nice sense of justice now? The Wily Lion A lion watched a fat bull feeding in a meadow, and his mouth watered when he thought of the royal feast that that bull would make. But he did not dare to attack the bull, for he was afraid of his sharp horns. Hunger, however, presently compelled him to do something, and as the use of force did not promise success, he determined to resort to artifice. Going up to the bull in friendly fashion, he said to him, I cannot help saying how much I admire your magnificent figure. What a fine head, what powerful shoulders and thighs! But, my dear friend, what in the world makes you wear those ugly horns? You must find them as awkward as they are unsightly. Believe me, you would do so much better without them. The bull was foolish enough to be persuaded by this flattery to have his horns cut off, and, having now lost his only means of defence, fell an easy prey to the lion. The Parrot and the Cat a man once bought a parrot and gave it the run of his house. It revelled in its liberty and presently flew up onto the mantelpiece and screamed away to its heart's content. The noise disturbed the cat, who was asleep on the hearthrug. Looking up at the intruder, she said, Who may you be? 
and where have you come from the parrot replied your master has just bought me and brought me home with him you impudent bird said the cat how dare you a newcomer make a noise like that why i was born here and have lived here all my life and yet if i venture to mew they throw things at me and chase me all over the place look here mistress said the parrot you just hold your tongue my voice they delight in but yours yours is just a perfect nuisance end of section sixteen